Hmm? Ah. Oh. Hey everybody, I'm Rena. And I'm Vake. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the hit Netflix show, The Haunting of Bly Manor. This week we're covering episode 5 called The Altar of the Dead. I don't know if you had if uh, we had enough tissue for this week's episode. Cake, <laughs> what do you think? It was <laughs> honestly, it didn't hit me as emotionally as like last week did. But really, yeah, Interesting. I don't <laughs> like. It was definitely. I love I love Hannah a lot, and so it was mm-hmm. great to get like a Hannah centric episode. And like, there was definitely a lot of like, oh my god, kind of moments while watching it. But I didn't get as emotional as far as like crying or anything but it definitely was just like because i don't know it's knowing i think because we've had like these theories and we've been talking about her being dead this whole time anyway that it wasn't Mm -hmm. that big of a surprise to me toward finally finding it out and seeing how everything played out for the episode it was almost more beautiful than sad yes like it was definitely still like sad and pretty like disturbing but like, it was—it's a weird, like, beautiful is a weird word to use, but it's like the best I can think of right now. Uh, well, I, I totally get what you're saying, and I and I agree with you. It was uh, for me a dazzling episode. I just think it was beautiful, uh, especially um, Tamia's Tamia's performance as, as Hannah. I mean, she absolutely ruled this episode and was absolutely fantastic. I mean, all of them did. All of them were great. Um, and there's always great performances, but she really owned this one, this being a Hannah-centric type episode. But it it got me. It was, I mean, I know that we've been talking about this, and I'm certainly not going to, like, gloat a whole lot about, you know, how we've been talking about, you know, our theory of, you know, we just had this feeling and all these signs point to Hannah being dead. Uh, I'm certainly not going to be gloating over, you know, the fact that we were right. Um, but you know, because we have been talking about it, it wasn't that much of a shocker, but it was just, I think kind of, you know, seeing her go through it, Yeah. you know, um, that was a sadness for me. This was, so this was episode five of blind manor. And this was a very kind of a pivotal kind of episode. We learned a lot in this episode. It was very yeah. for me. And I think for a lot of people, pretty emotional just to see her going through what she was going through. Uh, in this episode, and it reminded me of another episode five mm-hmm. from The Haunting of Hill House. If everyone can remember what that one was with uh, Nell, yeah, the bent neck lady episode, that, yeah. mm-hmm. which was absolutely just gut wrenching. Uh, oh, yeah, and it's that same thing watch. where it's very centric on, yes, like one character, and you kind of finally realize like what's going on with them and this certain regard yeah right yeah i I don't want to talk too much because i know there are Mm -hmm. still some people who haven't watched it so i don't want to go too deep or anything but just to see the parallels between the two and and how both of those episodes land at episode five in each series uh or each season sorry not series Um, (laughs) i've been watching too much bake off (laughs) i Way too much bake off. I was joking. Just as a side note, I was recording on the last episode. Oh, I listened uh, to that. I did. 
I did hear that. I already <laughs> messed it up because I was even telling myself, like, oh, I got to start with an accent on this one. I, I know. Forgot. I know. We, <laughs> maybe on a different episode. I don't know if, if I'm if, if if joking is is appropriate on this episode, or I don't know how much <laughs> I'm going to be pulling the jokes out. But yeah, we were joking on when I recorded with Jason on Bake Off. If nobody's been listening to that, that's okay. About how between watching you know Bly Manor and covering um, Bake Off that I'm going to be seriously developing a British accent. I'll be really hard to restrain myself. I know everyone <laughs> really appreciates in quotation marks, my, <laughs> my accents, <laughs> but yeah, we were joking that I would start to just do that and then kind of take you off guard. And I was like, that wouldn't throw cake for a minute. He'll just, he'll just, just jump in his it. British accent. <laughs> And just roll oh, we're doing this now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so this is what we're going to do for the rest of the episode. <laughs> Sounds good to me. So yes, of course, when Hannah will do it. Yeah, no, just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just roll with it. So yeah, I I feel like by the end, end of all of this, uh, because we're kind of right there neck and neck with Fake um, Off as far as like where we are, we're right about in the middle, how like we are with Blind Manor. I feel like, yeah, definitely by the time we wrap these up, mm-hmm. I'm going to come out with a British accent. And so... I just apologize in advance to everyone, to all the listeners. Um, Well, yeah, I think this was a great episode. So even though this wasn't maybe as emotional uh, of an episode as maybe the last one that you, that you um, mentioned earlier, what did you think? I mean, did you think this was a good episode though? Uh, Yeah. I thought it was a great episode again, like very unique, but it's one of those episodes that haunting has kind of become, I think known for, I mean, we only had Hill house, but yeah, it's the very memorable episode where you're really getting to dig in again on like certain character and find out what's going on, and so yeah. we get a lot of really important answers, a lot sure of questions, a lot more questions still that it makes me wonder. But but I like that. Yeah, same here, same here. They they did a, a really nice balance of kind of giving us some things. Uh, and there was a lot in this episode that they gave us, mm-hmm. but also, like you said, um, asking and presenting more questions. So kind of giving that nice balance, giving you a little bit of satisfaction of those answers, but also being able to keep the the show moving forward and, you know, seeing what else is out there, presenting some more questions. So I'm really excited. I, well, I am excited to talk about this one. It's sad. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be in a sad way, but I am excited to talk about this one because there's so much to unpack and so much that happened. Um, let's go ahead and start. Do you All want right. to get us going with your number five? Yeah. All right. My number five, I picked something just kind of short and sweet, but it was the Wingraves, at least the ones that we haven't seen a whole lot of. Yeah. The the parents and even Henry. Again, we, you know, we had talked about it with the photo and stuff, but... You know, he's here with his brother and the family and Hannah, you know, seems to be like, oh, it's so good to see you again. And he's the same way. It's like, it's always good to see your face. And it was just like, he was definitely very, very involved. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, you know, that's really interesting. And so it just plays into more of that. It's the same question we've been repeating over and over of like, what happened? Like, there's got to be more probably about this house that has kept him away from everybody and everything. I think so. Yeah. But then, yeah, we don't get much of, I don't even remember his name. I've already blanked. I don't even know the the dad, but, <laughs> but Charlotte Wingrave. Dominic. Dominic, Dominic and yes. Charlotte. Yes. But Charlotte, I had some notes on because I really okay. liked the relationship between her and Hannah. 
Yeah, that was nice. I think because you know they seemed really close, and she was not as much of like an employer as she was a friend and confidant. To where, you know, Hannah's kind of having this breakdown, and Charlotte's the one that sees her and is asking her, you know, how are you? What's going on? And you find out that, I guess Hannah, I guess she's married. It has her husband is Sam, and he's like cheated on her and ran off with some other woman, and mm, that was news. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. Charlotte's very quick to just be like, "You, you can, you know, do you need me to call you a ride, or, or I can take you myself, or you know what? Why don't you just stay here as long as you want to?" Which then turns into permanently, you know, you can sell your house and build yourself a little nest egg, and you have money, and we'll compensate you very well, and you'll be taken care of. And, you know, your family. And so I just thought that was that was really sweet. It was. Yeah, it was good to meet the parents, um, so to speak, because uh, I guess we had only seen them in their uh, pictures. And it was yeah. lovely to see that relationship that she seemed to genuinely, Charlotte, I mean, have a, a genuine warmth towards Hannah. And like you said, didn't view her as an employee, but like as family. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Which <laughs> is just really nasty when Peter later later on tries oh, to throw gouts in her head about, you know, well, if you think they really care about you, you're wrong. Yeah. And you think they're really going to take care of you and you can't push a mop around it, uh, anymore and things like that. It was just like, how terrible, how terrible yeah. it would be to say things like that, you know, knowing that from what we saw, it didn't seem to be true. Not at all. You know, yeah. At all. So. I think the glimpses we got show a very different side of, of Dominic and Charlotte Wingrave. Yeah, that they're I, definitely I good people, or were they seem like it? Yeah, and it was good, just definitely a different kind of side of things because this is the first time that we that we really get you know we, we've heard talk about them and reference to them because clearly their death is kind of what really drives a lot of what's going on and when mm-hmm. what's going on with these two little kids and stuff and you know the loss of their parents so to finally get to kind of see them a little bit and we don't get to see a lot of the dad but we do get to see charlotte and at least see yeah. you know the relationship between charlotte and and hannah um but then yeah we got to see a little bit of a different side of henry even just for a moment it was a quick mm-hmm. little glimpse but he he looked sober and yeah. you know he looked healthy he looked smiling and it looked like you know, they're all there for uh, like a holiday. So it, yeah. it looked like he spent holidays with them. It looks like for the, this was for the summer. It sounded like they came down for summers and some weekends. Yeah. Um, at, at Bly. So it looked like, you know, the kids were out of school. They were going to be spending the summer there. And it looked like that he also, you know, had spent some holiday time with them as well, which was kind of nice because he definitely, like like we've talked about before, seems to avoid Bly at all costs. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, definitely, definitely good point to to see them. I like it. Um, well, my number five. Uh, I want to just kind of go ahead and start talking about just this episode in general. Uh, what this, the main part of this episode is about, yeah. and that is Hannah kind of being unstuck in time a little bit, and how she seems to live through these series of pivotal moments. Uh, in in kind of random, non-chronological order. You know, she's kind of all over the place. We're kind of zigzagging, you know, from this scene to that scene. You know, she's, you know, one minute 
chasing miles and goes through a door and she ends up in a totally different room or totally different place in time. Yeah. Um, and we get to see this episode is a little bit of a, like a biography, a little bit of Hannah, you know, like you, like you just mentioned, we get to see her friendship with her employer, with Charlotte. Uh, we learn about her husband. Like we didn't even hear at all any mention of a husband or anyone named Sam. This yeah. was the first time when they said Sam, I was like, who's Sam? You know, <laughs> it took us, took a second. So we hadn't even heard of, of, of him and learned that she's pretty much been abandoned by him, uh, which ends up, you know, like you mentioned, uh, leads to her just being a live in yeah. at Bly, you know, which was a lovely offer and, really nice. And then of course we kind of see, you know, we we've seen before when we're leading up to, you know, suspicions of Peter Quint kind of lurking about the property, you know, that he's come back, you know, from wherever. Um, and you know, maybe he's just up to no good around Bly Manor, you know, we hear Hannah make all these comments, you know, about how distrustful she is of him. And how much mm-hmm. she really dislikes him. So in this episode, we then see that. What led up to that? You know, what? Yeah. why did she? I mean, the story is that he stole this money. So, I mean, yeah, that you would think would be enough. But she really, I don't know. It was it was like more than just that. It yeah. Felt like. Besides, so, you know, catching him stealing things like the necklace and lying about it. Or even not just being distrustful in those ways but even just she's kind of a an audience member of watching his manipulation and toxicity Mm -hmm. with rebecca and i'm sure now we kind of get that background of you know oh she was married and is i don't know if her marriage and her relationship was necessarily abusive but it was definitely not healthy right and so i'm sure she sees the the lying and you know mistrust and stuff in in somebody like peter because she's lived through it right good point that's a good point. Yeah. So they, they definitely have a, a mutual dislike, maybe even hatred of each other, mm-hmm. uh, Peter Quint and Hannah, you know, she catches him stealing things, you know, that aren't his. And he, I think just dislikes her in general because, he, you know, she's catching him, she's questioning him, you know, she's holding him accountable and she's not letting him get away with crap. And of course, that's when he does throw out those comments to her, like I mentioned before, where he's trying to kind of undermine, you know, make her feel small and make her feel that, you know, the family doesn't really care about her. Um, So it's, it's just an interesting way that that we got to see this episode and see all of these episodes and and you know, it was kind of scrambled and it was, I remember kind of confusing to me. I'm, I was, by the end, I think it started to finally make sense a little bit, but by the, you know, I had to watch it that second time and, you know, things really kind of, really kind of came together a little bit because it was really kind of scrambled, but yeah. you knew when you were watching that, you know, we, we kept getting these little pieces, right. Of, of this, of what I'm going to think of as like memories. It's like she, she was stepping through and living these memories, of her time at Bly Manor. And some of them didn't seem to be that important. Some of them you thought, Oh, okay. You know, you're kind of getting some questions answered or you're learning something, but sometimes you were like, I'm not really sure what this means, but you know, it means something. It felt important in a way. And then there were some that she was reliving over and over again. Um, 
like with that moment with Owen, you know, in the job interview um, and how that she kept reliving that over and over again. And it kept changing conversation would kind of pivot, you know, into different things about, you know, um, about a writer and theologian, you know, the author Thomas Merton, or might start talking about having a a conversation about a trap and the mouse who's smart enough to know when it's in a trap. Mm -hmm. Um, Or kind of that last part when Owen, you know, his sudden and kind of panic proclamation that, you know, something was wrong with Miles, you know, goosebumps um, with that. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (sighs) Fantastic. I mean, fantastic writing, fantastic acting. Um, Just so good. So I just wanted to kind of talk, I know we're going to talk about all of these things and we're going to take a deep dive, but I just Mm. wanted to kind of in general layout and appreciation and, great filmmaking, you know, as to how this was laid out. And and we talked a little bit in the beginning before we jumped into the top five about how this was kind of very similar to episode five of, of Hill house. And if those um, that remember that episode, it was kind of similar in that way, how you're kind of moving along these different moments and you're not quite sure what they all mean. You know, that they're important for some reason and then it all comes together later and and then it just clicks. And then when you get there, you're like, Oh my God. And that's what we got here was all of these things happening and we're not sure what it means, but when you, then you're getting all these, Oh my God moments and WTF moments for sure. Um, just a beautiful episode, the way it was laid out. Yeah. So I'm excited to get into the meat and bones and the details <laughs> of it as we move along. But I just appreciate this type of thing, you know, oh, yeah. um, and how it's different in a different kind of episode and the way it was filmed. So I just, I love that. I'm, that's, that's my number five. Um, what about your number four? All right. My number four, um, I wanted to talk about Peter. But kind of pre-possession Peter, or at least Peter leading up to that point. Yeah. And so, you know, we've talked about it a little bit already, but yeah, he's, he, we see him come back and you're piecing things together as Hannah's kind of moving through time back and forth, Mm -hmm. but it's still done in a way where you can tell the, you know, chronological order of things and you can, okay, this is where we are and here's where we are now. Right. And so the story that we kind of follow there is, yeah, Peter comes back. And this, you know, we see him the first time he's come back after that last fight that he had with Rebecca. And he's just ready to just sweep her back up and act like nothing happened. And at first she's not having it, but then he's just that manipulative, toxic behavior. And I'm just like, why are you following? <laughs> like, why are you falling for it? Oh my gosh. But, yeah. But she does. She just like eats it up and is, well, you're not going to ever do like, you're not going to talk to me like that way again. And he's like, okay. You know, like. She she has her own kind of issues that whatever it may be to where he knows how to weasel his way in. He knows what her key is. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's, it's that. And I think because I mentioned that maybe hers was kind of this, you know, sense of importance. But maybe when we see her conversation with Hannah, it's more of just a sense of adventure. I think a sense of adventure and also she feels that Peter is the only one that truly sees her and appreciates her for what and who she is, that she doesn't have that in her life anymore that, you know, since she's grown up, you know, used to be her dad, you know, that she was a daddy's girl and he, you know, seen her and 
but then as she grew up that changed and she didn't feel like anybody understood who she was until she met Peter. And that that's very intoxicating. Yeah. And I think it then makes Hannah's analogy or comparison to him as the glue trap. Mm -hmm. Very, very fitting. And I, I really like very poetic (laughs) the way that, you know, she compares him to that, that glue trap where she stepped in and how long is it until she's going to realize that she's stuck? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I really, really like all of that. And then I, I guess, you know, I'll throw it as part of this, this number, this topic is then we see what happens to Peter Quint because it's been this we whole, do indeed. you know, mystery of why would he, you know, have brought Rebecca in on all of this just to, you know, because it was like a Bonnie, it was this perfect Bonnie and Clyde picture. It's like, well, then why would he take the money and the jewelry and run off and leave her behind? Well, he didn't. <laughs> At least that was, you know, not his intention. He never made it anywhere. Right. And that is because, yeah, I mean, he went to go get the jewelry and then I guess he had already stolen the money and he just needed to go to the bank to put it in his own and then they were going to take off for the States yeah i wasn't clear plan. on that but yeah he had yeah. a plan yeah and then the like night before the plan is able to take place the lady from the lake kills him right there in the house which when i mentioned a few minutes ago about a wtf moment <laughs> that was one for sure yeah, yeah. go yeah, on he's, he's talking to to flora and miles and you can tell that they're shaken and they're up because they've seen the doll is in the house or whatever, you know, these things that mm-hmm. they're attuned to. And so they see Peter and they're like, um, you, you don't need to be out here right now. What are you doing? And he just happens to be kind of in her line because it seems she walks the same line every time that she comes through the house. Uh huh. But he just happens to be in that line this night and without even really acknowledging him, she just grabs him by the throat and drags him down the hallway, choking him out. Walks, carries him into the room, and then you see him walk out of the room. But at this point, he's dead, and he's a ghost. And the reason that Laura and Miles see him is because he's a ghost, and they can see and interact with ghosts. Did you you (laughs) think he was alive, or did you like, no, he's he's dead? I mean, it looked like he died before he got drugged into that room. So yeah. You know, when he came out acting like nothing had happened. Yeah, I, I picked up pretty quickly. I was like, he's dead, but he doesn't know it yet. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then he's looking at the doll, and that's when he really, it falls through his hand, and he's kind of, it was a little confusing. You know, he's kind of ethereal, but then he also has mass at some points, and he's he's coming to grips of, like, what happened to him. And then when he sees his own body being drugged back out of the room and down the stairs it really clicks what has happened. And that's the moment that another big confirmation of theory that we've been talking about. That's the moment when he possesses miles is by touching miles shoulder as he's yelling at the ghost and it, this transfer kind of happens. Yep. And so it begins. <laughs> yeah. I, uh... Like we said, so much to unpack in this episode. We got so much answered, but then so many more questions. So I'll just pick up because my number four is is Peter too. Cool. And 
so yeah, so I, I was curious. I don't know that I was that clear. I, I mean, and maybe if if maybe I missed that somehow that maybe he did already steal that money and had it sitting in the bank and that's what he was going that's what he was off to do was to get that money from the bank so they could leave that next morning. Yeah. So I guess that I wasn't quite clear on that because I was still kind of questioning that like, well, did he steal yeah, the money kinda... or was that a story <laughs> that they made up to yeah, kind I of I assume that he had the money. And then, then just kind of piecing it together, he would have, if he died that night and was drugged into the lake, then the money had to have been on him, and that's why it went missing. Right. That would make sense, I guess. Yeah. So we see in this episode, as we mentioned, you know, he's been stealing things. And, and that necklace doesn't seem to be the first thing that he's stolen. No. You know, when Hannah confronts him and she says, you know, and she, they're talking about the necklace. She's like, you know, you steal things that don't belong to you. And she's like, funny thing when you've cleaned a house for so many years, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, yeah. um, you, you learn like where everything is. So yep. I'm sure that she's going through her routines of, of her housekeeping that she's like, oh, wait a minute, wh- where the heck did this go? You know, yeah. that she's seeing all of these different items and things missing from around the house. And she knows exactly what's happening to them. And especially when she catches him red, red hand in that moment. So we know that's how he's funding himself a little bit. Maybe how he is. I mean, I feel like he's got to get paid fairly well working for Henry. Maybe he doesn't, I don't know. Maybe he just feels entitled because he seems to have this, you know, constant, uh, whining about this class system and how you know we're nothing we're just the help and we're not family to them we don't mean anything to them and it's never going to change this is how they're always going to see us and it doesn't matter how much money we have or what we do in life that's just how things are Mm -hmm. and he kept going on and on about he he did it in um i think the first episode that we met him in when we were hearing or seeing the story of him and rebecca and how that was starting up you know, he just kind of went on about that and how he grew up with nothing. And it just seems to really be something he can't quite come to terms with yeah. and let go. So, and it, you know, so we kind of see that background a little bit that he's, it's, it wasn't just about stealing money from an account. It was, he's also stealing personal things as well. Um, yeah. And then, like you said, uh, so we're told that he's missing but of course, you know, as we're watching, we're like, well, we don't believe that he seems ghostly. Like yeah. he, he, he seems very ethereal. He seems to be disappearing and he's there one minute and then he's not. Um, and then of course, you know, with miles and his strange behavior, trying to explain that away and how he's very clearly, and it comes out so much in this episode. I mean, if you haven't put the pieces together by this episode, yeah. as you're watching it, I don't know how else I mean, they, they, they tell you for one, they show it to you, but even if they didn't, I mean, Miles in this episode was showing way more mannerisms than what he ever has. Like if you weren't able to pick up on those clues before, they were definitely throwing them at you in this episode and all his, his mannerisms. So, um, so realizing that, well, Peter's not just missing, he's not, he's missing, his body seems to be missing, but he's, (laughs) he's dead. It is now. (laughs) So that was, that was quite a moment that we, we, we get that answer that definitively that, well, he's dead Mm -hmm. and he is a ghost and that, yes, he does possess Miles at times, seems Mm -hmm. to be quite often, at least in this episode, I think we see him possessing him more often than not. Yeah. So 
quite a revelation um, and definitely a big answer, you know, to that. So very interesting. And, and yeah, interesting again to see some of that interaction between him and Rebecca that really just put a knot in my stomach seeing as how he comes into that classroom and she's, she's still upset with him about what he said. And he's like, you know, what are you so upset about? Like totally gaslighting her, you know, <laughs> and just made me so angry and frustrated. And she seemed to just be like, well, okay, but you can't, you know, and he's like, oh, well that, you know, I've already forgotten about that, you know, brushing it off like it wasn't any big deal. And I'm like, dude, that was a really big deal. Yeah. That is a huge red flag. And she acts like she's not going to like take that kind of behavior anymore. And she's like, you know, you can't talk to me like that ever again, which I'm glad that she finally said that. Mm -hmm. But I was still really worried about her. Um, well, and clearly with good reason, you know, knowing how this story kind of ends up for them. Yeah. But yeah, very interesting as well. We get to see a little bit more about, about Peter Quint mm -hmm. in this one. All right. What's your number three? My number three is Hannah's death. All right. And a lot of the questions that I now have because of that, that mm. I don't know, it's just, it's the mad ramblings. I'm just like, well, what about this? And what about this? So we'll That's get to okay. that. We, but, yeah. we love mad ramblings here. <laughs> That's what this podcast is yeah. based on. So let her yeah. fly. Mm -hmm. Which of course, before I got to get more into the specifics, it, I did realize, you know, when she's talking to Owen at the, you know, bookends of this episode, and the moment when Owen says, live, Hannah, live. I was like, that has to hit her much differently than he <sighs> expects it to. Yeah. <laughs> Where yeah. she's realizing at that moment, like, she knows that she's dead at that point. And she can't go anywhere, whether she wants to or not. But then, yeah, we see the cracks in the walls are playing a big part of this episode. Mm -hmm. And we, we realize that that is because that is the last thing she saw as she died was the this crack in that shape on the stone in the well. That devastated me in that mm -hmm. moment, by the way, when, when, cause we saw it again in this episode, like yeah. what the hell is this all about? And, you know, and we'd seen it before and then, yeah, that moment when she's at the bottom of the well and you realize that's the last thing that she saw before she died. It just, I think that really broke me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And you were right. You know, you called it, I think in the first episode when we covered it, you said there's gotta be something about that well that she's just staring into. I didn't like it. It didn't feel good <laughs> in that moment. And again, I don't want to like pat myself on the back or, you know, give myself props, but yeah, I didn't very first, how many minutes in when she's staring over that well and she seemed a little out of sorts and, mm -hmm. you know, seemed to be a little disoriented. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't have good, good feelings about that, about that well. And about that moment, she's behaving strangely. And now we know why. Yeah. And so, you know, this ties in, of course, you know, because we were just talking about Peter and Miles. So we can't mm -hmm. talk about her death without, again, referencing that exactly what was going on. Because we get Peter's ghost is now he's he's trapped like in the, in the glue of Bly Manor and on this property to where mm -hmm. he's just kind of damned to wander the manor. But he can possess Miles whenever he feels like it. And so... Hannah has figured this out. She's come to that conclusion. She realizes what has happened. And that the only thing, you know, Peter does at that point then through Miles has to kill Hannah. 
strikes out at her, pushes her down the well, breaks her neck, and that's it. But then you can tell that like when Peter is possessing Miles, Miles doesn't know what's going on. Right. He kind of zones out. And so because as he feels like he's in a dream or just had yeah. the strangest dream. So we got hints of that, you know, Miles a couple episodes back telling Hannah, you know, I had a dream that I hurt you. <sighs> yeah, and you it's... you pointed that out. You mm-hmm. mentioned that. Yeah. And so he it's it's kind of just yeah, dream state to him and he doesn't know what's really going on. Like maybe he gets these little like visions or, you know, blips of it, but he's not aware. And so, you know, and Hannah realizes that because even in her weird cycle kind of dream when she's talking to Owen about Miles and says, oh, he's a he's a good boy. He's a kind boy. He's like he's troubled, but but he's kind. And she's she's right when she's talking about Miles. Mm -hmm. Miles is a good kid. Yeah. But a lot of the things that we see Miles do is not Miles of his own volition. And so, yeah, that what the, the questions that it leaves me with, though. Is because, of course, you know, that picks up that first episode when Danny shows up and they're standing there at the well and Miles snaps back to himself. And then we kind of see where that first episode picked up, picked up there. But then I have all these questions. I'm like, OK, well, then Hannah's dead and a ghost like Peter is. Hannah is the same as Peter now on this property. Yes. So, like, so OK, Flora and Miles obviously can see her because they're attuned to that and they have this connection to the dead. So yes. Danny makes sense that Danny would see her too. Danny's haunted and troubled by her own past. She sees spirits and ghosts. That explains that. But then what <laughs> what a, a question is like, well, what does that mean for Jamie and Owen? Right. Cause I mean, and they've been there as well, Hannah was there before Owen, but Owen's been there for quite some time. Looks like it's yeah. been, you know, several years like gosh how old in three years were they yeah yeah he said because miles was seven yeah seven so and he's five, so. been there a little while uh jamie i think's been there about the same amount of time uh yeah. so but, unless so they, they have still... their own trauma that we haven't learned about that allows them to see things too or you know they see and interact with hannah quite regularly so then i was like well maybe are they also dead and is this become this you gave me a homework of watching the others. And so without <laughs> spoiling the others too much for other people who may not have seen it, you know, but then I'm just like, Oh, who all is dead and who's alive. And I don't under, but it's like, but, but Jamie and Owen can leave the property. So obviously if Owen is dead, I'm going to be so freaking sad. <laughs> Please don't let Owen be dead. But they're able to leave. It. But do they really? Right. Because then at the end when Hannah decides like she's going to follow them and they kind of just vanish, kind of go off into the dark. Yeah. So it's, that's the mad ramblings I'm talking about where I'm like, but, but then who's dead and who's alive and who knows this and how do they do this? And I sound like a crazy person. And <laughs> that's, I sound like that every week <laughs> as I'm trying to piece together all of my crazy, like I can't put my thoughts yeah. together coherently. It's just all this mad blabbering yeah. coming out. So I'm always, I feel like I'm always having to apologize yeah. every week to you and the <laughs> listeners. Like, I'm so sorry. This is just where I'm at. Yeah. So this, no, this episode did that to me. It broke that part of my brain. Cause what? I'm like, so are they still, are they dead? And I was like, but they leave the property. I- and then this theory we've had about the storyteller being Jamie, that doesn't make sense because the storyteller is somewhere else in a completely different place in the future. So, no. <laughs> Everything that you're saying makes perfect uh, sense to me. I, yeah. I mean, I can't answer your questions and I don't know, but what you said makes perfect sense because yeah. it it's 
like the exact same thing that I'm thinking. I'm having those same crazy ramblings. So it makes sense to me. Um, and that might be the sad part. Maybe you, you have some crazy <laughs> ramblings if it makes sense to me. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then I'm thinking that. back to like the first episode where before Danny even goes and she's talking to Henry in his office or at the bar. And the only thing that Henry mentions about other people that she would be working with is he says, there's a housekeeper that's also their live-in. And he says nothing about Owen or Jamie other than, you know, he sends Owen to pick her up. So, but he doesn't mention anybody else other than the housekeeper. And so that's I just. true. <laughs> maybe, and I'm just devil's advocate here. Maybe he only mentions her because Hannah does live at the house full time. Maybe. Yeah. That, you know, it would just be Danny, the two kids and the housekeeper full time. Like Jamie's yeah. there during the day or she's there when she's doing her work. Owen comes in and he's cooking for them, but he doesn't stay. So it would yeah. literally just be those two adults and those two kids at the house full time. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. I don't know. Maybe I, <laughs> I can only assume maybe that's what he meant. But that makes that makes perfect sense. I have those same same questions, yeah. those same ramblings and trying to kind of figure out what that means. Yeah. And if I, w I won't talk a whole lot about it either, because I know there might be some people who haven't seen it, but yeah, kind of referencing the others a little bit and what we see in this episode and, and what does that mean? Because they're able to interact with her. Yeah. Um, and, and we know that Owen, he has definitely now experienced loss. I mean, he's just lost his mom, but was there something else that happened maybe that's, you know, enabled him to continue interacting with her? Because it seems like they, you know, they've known each other all this time and it doesn't seem like anything is, is that different for them. You yeah. know, they're still just carrying on and having their easy relationship, you know, uh, and, and same with Jamie too. They all... Were there to greet her? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I don't have time to go back yeah, and rewatch from crazy. episode one to kind of see now that now that we know and we have confirmation, if we go back and does it or we would we pick up on anything from episode one to where we are now on the interactions with uh Jamie, Owen and Hannah? Like is there know. anything there that but I mean, they're all sitting there talking to each other. They're all having dinner together. So no, that somehow they're able to interact with her. Yeah. And it was just really sad, sad to know that she didn't know that one, that she was dead and two, what was wrong with Miles? Because she's, she, she's not picking up on it at all. She keeps saying he's a good boy. We've seen, you know, throughout the episodes, you know, yeah. like you I have said a theory other, on that. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Uh, I'm interested to hear that. But yeah, it's just sad. Sad yeah. to see that she had to go through this whole experience and had to kind of be shocked into it. And the way that Owen would like yell at, yell, like, at oh, her man. during this interview. I mean, whoa, that was almost as scary as some of these other moments <laughs> oh, that yeah. we Those had. Were probably the most jarring is where, yeah when it cuts into him yelling at Miles, transitioning mm -hmm. into, you know, Hannah yelling the same thing. Mm -hmm. That yeah. caught me so off guard. And I don't like seeing my sweet Owen yelling angrily and creepily at the screen at me. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, same. Not, not, that is not our Owen, you know, no. in, in that moment. That was, like you said, very jarring to see. So I'm curious you know, that he's making this point like to, you know, like wake her. Well, I know it wasn't really Owen. It seemed to be a part of Hannah's 
consciousness somehow yeah communicating with her trying to make her alert of this is what's happened to you you know this is not normal there has been something that's happened to you but it also was trying to communicate to her what's going on with miles yeah you know that was something that they kept pushing at and pushing at because we keep seeing how it kind of gets dismissed like well it's not their fault yes they're a little weird and you know, Miles is a good boy. And even Miles saying, you know, I had this dream that I hurt you. And she's like, oh, you would never hurt me, Poppet. You know, um, trying to make her realize that. Because I feel like it's something that maybe she needs to see that maybe she can be, you know, a pivotal part of maybe breaking that whatever hold it is or, you know, being able to stop Peter in some way from possessing Miles now that she understands what's happening and and what happened to her because he was able to do that because of this distrustful relationship and mutual hatred that they had of each other. And do you remember, uh, I'd have to go pull it up, but do you remember uh, an email that we got last week from a listener? I think it was Sarah that kind of mentioned this very thing. Yeah. (laughs) That she had predicted that she's like, what if, you know, I mean, Miles killed Hannah, but it was because of Peter. Yeah. That it was out of vengeance <laughs> that he's possessing Miles, yeah. and then while he's possessing Miles in vengeance, he murders Hannah, and we were like blown away. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like I couldn't almost talk for there for a minute. And yeah. good on you, Sarah, if you're listening, because yes. holy shit, yeah. <laughs> nailed it. And I hadn't even thought about that until re- you know reading that email, and then seeing it come to play, I was like, oh my god, that's exactly where this went. <laughs> exactly where it went and it was dark i was like oh my god that's dark but you know Mm -hmm. what i mean it it fit and it was appropriate and i think it it made sense so yeah just this was definitely a moment where it was like if just when you think you've caught your breath you know this is what we learn about (laughs) hannah you know it's it's just like this whirlwind of an episode you know of of all of these revelations and things happening. And it's like, okay, now I can breathe. And then, you know, just when you think you can breathe, they lay this out on you. So. Yeah. I'm with you. Lots of still (laughs) crazy questions. And I'm very interested to kind of see what happens from here. Um, Well, she was, she was actually one of my points too. So I'll just add that um, same as yours. That was your number three, right? Yes, it was. So what's your number two? Two is, I don't know if I can, the way I have it titled, do my best, Owen. I don't know. (laughs) There's something wrong with Miles. That's pretty good. (laughs) Which, yeah. Oh, man. Uh we started this off with Miles, stop being weird, because that's just become the mantra of this show. Yes. Again, but I was like, okay, maybe not as weird as much as just like, you know, with Jamie, you little shit, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jamie was some weird, creepy furious, stuff. reasonably. Yeah, I mean. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you see, like you mentioned earlier, the, the, the quintness of Miles is in full gear mm-hmm. in this episode where, yeah, he just walks up and he's shaking the ladder just because you could even tell like peter loved to torment jamie oh yeah and so <laughs> miles is doing that here or really peter's doing it and then just to get that reaction where she comes down is like you know you little shit you know i will i will end you 
and he's just staring her down completely unfazed and oh you're flushed you're pretty when you blush takes a bite out of the apple and just kind of tosses it at her just very smug and to where it's like okay <laughs> if i was it's- in this kind of situation i'd be like not knowing you know taking possession out of it i'm seeing this kid acting like that i'd be like okay um i'd have that kid like locked in his room for no kidding at least a day or two exactly. <laughs> after a good talking to him like okay that's it you're done with social interaction for a while um we're gonna sort yeah. this out <laughs> yeah not cool acting super creepy like mm-hmm. that and, and speaking like that to adults yeah but yeah we just see and it just continues on and yeah the the, the peter part of with the the smoking the cigarettes and the lighter and that fixation on that lighter and cigarettes very peter because we see that with him constantly mm-hmm. and then yeah in hannah's cycle this conversation with owen when it switches to miles and the conversation they have about miles he says is he ever cruel yeah you know little boys are cruel i mean i i was one and she comes in you know oh, he's a good boy he would never what hurt you is that what you're gonna say you know and he hasn't exactly been himself since his parents died so you said he hasn't been himself not like that she's you know it's she's figuring it out and piecing it together but denying it Hmm. but yeah eventually it all clicks with that something is wrong with miles Something very wrong. It just—it seems like Peter Quint is just like a bored ghost. So <laughs> he's going to just possess Miles and stir up some shit. Yeah. You know, he's just going to go piss people <laughs> off. Like you say, he's going to go rattle uh, Jamie's cage a little bit. You know, he just casually walks up to her. She's just minding her own business and shakes her ladder and mouths off. And, you know, and just all yeah. the different things that he does. Talking back to Hannah. Yep. Uh, you know, and just... And then the things that he does in the other episodes, like how he messes with Jamie or sorry, not Jamie. I'm sorry, Danny, you know, with mm-hmm. the flowers and uh, the tucking the hair behind her ears, uh, the, the kind of grabbing her where he's almost like choking her. Um, you know, it's like he's just bored and, yeah, you know, just. You know, like he's it's, like, it's well, I'm stuck thing. here. Yeah, I'm stir the shit. He's not like an evil, malicious spirit, but he is just a toxic douchebag of a person. And so now that he's trapped here for eternity or whatever, with the ability to to possess this little boy and just have a you know field day with it and do whatever he wants without any consequence to himself or anything really, then yeah, I guess after years he would just do what he can just to please himself you know yeah but i do have here's where it ties in i said i had a theory about some stuff okay so again you know uh, it ties into what you were talking about earlier where you know hannah is very you know oh you wouldn't hurt me and so and i think whether at that point she knows or doesn't know what has happened she still has an affection for miles because even if she doesn't know she has made that connection. She knows it's not Miles that's acting out. Mm-hmm. So she's still going to be able to separate that and have that affection and love for him, which speaks Miles, <laughs> Miles, not a pun there, but <laughs> on, on Hannah, it speaks a lot about her character and who she is yeah. in that case. But no, the reason I think that maybe if she's aware of what has happened, that she's dead and Peter through Miles is the one that killed her, 
the reason that she continues to excuse his behavior or, you know, brush it off towards Danny. I'm wondering if that's just to keep her from questioning things too much or to keep her off of that trail. So something similar doesn't end up happening to her by Peter's hands through miles. Hmm. Interesting. Because I don't know if she fed into it being like, oh yeah, he's acting very strange and that's the way Peter would be or something. You know, maybe it would end up with Danny figuring something out and Peter taking violent action towards Danny. Yeah, because as soon as Hannah found out definitively that Peter was possessing Miles, he killed her. Mm-hmm. You know, as he was very clearly speaking through Miles um, in those moments before he killed Hannah and pushed her down the well. Yes. So I think the minute that someone finds that out, it's not going to bode very well for that person. <laughs> yep. Hmm. So, yeah, and that, that speech, you like 2% almost want to feel sympathetic for Peter, but then you can't. But, you know, he has that moment. He's like, I would love for those police you're talking about to be able to come and arrest me and drag me off this property. But that can't happen because I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting because he it took this long. I, I feel like that's something that we commonly see uh, in other stories as well of people not knowing that they're dead because maybe the they died un, under these very sudden and very tragic circumstances. Mm -hmm. So they just were not ever able to kind of like process that for some reason and just they don't realize that they're dead. And I Peter didn't know that at first either. Like he got taken out and then taken into the other room and all of a sudden just like normal like a few minutes before he just comes strolling back out as if nothing happened and he's like yeah. and he's kind of caught in that loop of i thought i told you guys to go back to bed and, you know like he just said it before and they're not quite sure like um you okay bro you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> Um, and he's clueless so yeah. it's not until he sees that lady of the lake coming out like literally holding and dragging his body down the steps that he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. I'm, I clearly, I didn't survive this. She's got me. And so then it seems that he realizes something very terrible has happened and kind of similar, like with Hannah happened here as well. Like she died under very tragic, very sudden, terrible. I mean, the, this little boy who <laughs> she loves, you know, she loves those kids. Yeah. Um, and she knows it's not miles doing it, but for, for her death to come about in this way, it's no wonder she doesn't understand what happened to her. Yeah. And is so confused and, and seems to be living in these moments of confusion. You know, we've seen that kind of echoed throughout um, since we met her where she, you know, we kind of see her and they'll say something to her and she's like, what? Huh? I, I'm sorry. I'm just not myself today. You know, mm -hmm. she has those moments over and over again. And that seems to be when she's going through this thing, right. Is yeah. she's going through these moments of living these different, it seems like memories. I'm going to just say that she's like living through these memories and different points in time to kind of get her caught up. Like, Hey, something happened to you. And it wasn't that just something happened to you, but 
something was also wrong with Miles. Um, so, so yeah, I think it kind of makes sense that this is how it kind of happened. It just seems Peter came to that realization a little bit faster because he's literally seeing his body being dragged, yeah, <laughs> dragged away. <laughs> oh my goodness, good, good theories. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so my number two talk we talked a little bit about her i it's a small point because we don't know a lot but as i mentioned a really big what the f moment for me was lady of the lake mm-hmm. coming out i think we we had a feeling she was going to make an appearance because we got to see uh, a, a shot of the footprints on the floor yeah <laughs> and we saw in the other episode where the kids were trying to protect Danny and it seemed that she minded her own business. Like they, you know, they kept Danny out of like the path and making sure that she didn't go back that way. You know, that is, you know, that I guess you're okay. Like she doesn't steer from this path. So, but I'm going to tell you what, that was such a moment. I, I was not expecting that at all. I guess I should have been. I feel like I've seen enough movies. I've been trained in Hill House and I feel like I should have read this moment and I really didn't. Um, but when she, you know, when it's showing that camera shot, it's a straight shot, but it's a profile view of Peter and yeah. it's black in the hallway, right? And that's <laughs> where the, the stairwell or the hallway right there. And as he's talking and she literally just comes out of that shadow. And the minute she comes out, her hand comes out and just grabs him. I mean, you've heard the term frozen in terror. <laughs> that is a real thing. Cause I was literally frozen in terror in that moment. Wow. I was watching it in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it after we recorded last week. So it was late, it was dark, and I was I had the the covers up to my chin. <laughs> and I was like I I remember just like jumping like oh my god and then I just sat there with my mouth open and I was frozen and I had chills just running down yeah. my body. <laughs> like I was, and I thought it's the same for me. Yeah, that kind of like cuz I had my, you know, phone in my hand and I'm kind of jotting down little notes and that happened and I was just like almost to the point of like I could have just dropped my phone, but like my fingers curled around it. But I'm just staring at the screen, not just uh, what what is happening. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought this is a thing. This is what they mean when they say frozen in terror. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've ever experienced that before, but I literally, you know, as we're seeing her walking away, and you see Peter's like writhing and trying to get out of her 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 grasp and free himself, and she just continually walks in that ghostly steady pace with this super strength mm-hmm. i mean wow um and then when she turns the corner then i was finally able to kind of blink i think that was the first time that i blinked and was able to kind of move a little bit and was just like what the hell just happened yeah. what the hell just happened so we get a, a, an up close and personal introduction of lady of the lake which of yeah. course lots of questions who is she uh, do the other ghosts, I guess, in the house all talk to each other and then also talk to Flora? That's what it seems like, because Flora says that to uh, to Peter, where mm-hmm. she's saying, you know, the, the, the other ones 
told us that we should stay away, that she's dangerous, you know? <laughs> yeah. So they've all seemed to have warned her or them of her and to stay mm-hmm. away from her. And like you mentioned a few moments ago, it seems that she walks the same path. We, yeah. Every time we see those footprints, it looks like they're almost always in the same place. You know, she mm-hmm. comes in, goes up the steps. Uh, is she circling that stairwell or that wherever wherever it is that she came out and grabbed Peter because and then she walked down the hall and she went into the forbidden wing where they're not supposed to go because I and I remember that they so we had footprints there before I think Danny yeah. saw them and she's like you guys aren't supposed to be in here because um, she saw the muddy footprints and we know they're there on the steps um, so I don't quite know if I understand where her path is but that's what it looks like is like through the front door up the steps around you know, to like that down that forbidden wing hall probably turns around there and comes back and then back down the other steps and out the front door. So she's, she's in a path. So is yeah. that then if you're standing in that path, like Peter, like, does it, did it have anything to do with Peter? Was he just in the wrong place at the wrong time? That's what I think, you know, is it, it couldn't have been, you know, purposely after him for any reason. It just seems nope. If you were just standing anywhere in her path, that's, that's your fate. And mm-hmm. do we think that's what happened to Rebecca? I think so. Well, I don't know because they do say that her body was found floating in the lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they never mentioned seeing Peter. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get that answer. I have full faith in Mike Flanagan to answer all the questions eventually. But yeah. And it seems also like the ghosts all kind of somehow interact with each other as well because Hannah seems to come in on one of Rebecca's memories that she gets to see, you know, at least in like tender it seems almost pure kind of exchange between peter which uh, he's not a good guy by any means and i don't don't mean it that way at all but it's when rebecca's still quite infatuated with him and thinks it's one of their better moments and one of her favorite memories of them together and she's like well i don't remember seeing you here before and it seems like they can somehow kind of all drop into each other's memories or share those experiences or something so that that was kind of interesting and and when Hannah's getting ready to walk out and Rebecca says, wait, you don't want to go out there yet. You know, she tries to stop her because she says it's just about to happen. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, and I mean, I don't know, again, crazy ramblings. That's that's the theme <laughs> for sure. So maybe if she didn't get caught in the same kind of trap that Peter did where she got dragged into the lake, cause you're right. She, her body was found. They, they did find her. Unlike Peter, he's still missing uh, according to them did she maybe learn that he was in the lake or something and then something happened to her i don't know i'm just trying to it just still doesn't make sense like it it just doesn't seem as clean of a story like when she just drowned herself in the lake i don't know i don't think that's there's more to it (laughs) yeah I'm sure we'll find that out. But anyway, who's this lady of the lake? She was creeping the hell out of me. She has no damn face. She's strong as hell. What's her deal? And what's her story? Um, So that's one of our questions. Um, 
that we oh, have yeah. for this episode. Uh, what's your number one? My number one? Let's bring out some more questions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, but, uh, we have many. But yeah, it's kind of just like this memory cycle of Hannah, which we've talked about a lot already. But um, I think you mentioned that, yeah, when she kind of seems to be zoning out or, you know, said, you know, she's always kind of been this, not absent-minded, but like lost. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, we see here now that is it maybe because she's like constantly trying not to lose herself to time? Because, I mean, you know, you see her having to repeat to herself, I'm Hannah Gross, I'm at Blind Manor, the year is 1987, Miles is 10, yeah. four is eight. you know, she's having to ground herself. and. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how long has this been going on? Is this like something she constantly has to recycle through and redo every now and then? Because I don't I think don't it's know. I don't think it's taken this long for her to finally just find out she's dead on a whim because she was drinking wine with Owen at the fire. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm so I'm. That's why I'm wondering: is it is it like a cycle that she has to constantly go through this and re remember what has happened? it's tragic. I feel yeah. like every time she has to do that, yeah. I was so sad for her when she's having to repeat that to herself at the end of the episode. And so, yeah, so we, we covered pretty much all of my number one as far as the specifics, but the only thing we didn't. So that's kind of the, the last part of my number one that I had was that, that question. And I know there's not a lot to discuss about that because it's just kind of an open ended question mm-hmm. of like, is that what's going on? We don't really know for sure, but if it is, that is like you said, very, horrible to think that she has to continually relearn and re-remember the fact that she's dead and died at the hands of this little boy that she loves and is taken care of but it wasn't him because she finds out about peter and that's See, just very traumatic to even in the afterlife continually have to re-go through like it's this cycle that she continuously goes through like she mm-hmm. once she remembers what happened to her and how it happened then she it, it restarts itself unless she unless she's able to ground herself like that cycle restarts she goes back into that confused state where then she doesn't remember and has to go through that all over again is that kind of what you're possibly yeah this is one of those like could it be that or Jesus it, yeah, I hope don't... not that's terrible yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's fucking terrible and I can't I don't know if I can think of anything more sad yeah. the only other more sad thing that didn't sound right that I can think of is, is her finally saying yes to Owen to go to Paris. Yeah. Which and maybe then realizing that, it's too late. <laughs> does that break the cycle now? Is she kind of coming to term? Well, I don't know. Cause you would think it's like, it's coming to terms with death, but she's saying, yes, I'll go with you. Even mm-hmm. though in that moment she knows she can't. Can't go. But is it maybe just trying to change something out of the cycle is a way of breaking it in one way or another, whether just constantly like remembering okay i'm dead and let me move from there or yeah i don't know what this means for her exactly it's like incredible of an episode it is and like to really see and learn all this stuff in the long run what does that mean for hannah is she gonna revert you know revert back to not knowing or is this change her as a character for the rest of the season going forward I wonder if, if yeah, if she'll continuously be caught in this cycle of, I can't think of anything much more worse. That sounds like a literal hell to me is to forget that you're dead and have yeah. to go through the things that she went through in this episode of having to relive these moments, having these conversations with, with Owen or slash herself, you know, yeah. to, to try and, and 
jog her memory of what really happened and then come to that moment of realization that, hey, Hannah, you're dead. You just don't know it. And oh, by the way, the sweet little boy, Miles, who happens to be possessed by a dead Peter Quint um, in a moment of rage, killed you, you know, and having to relive that over and over and over again. So I hope that she has somehow broken through that barrier and she doesn't have to keep doing that. Like now yeah. it, it does change things moving forward now that she's in this knowing, like she, she's like, okay, I know I'm dead. I know that Miles is being possessed by Peter Quint. And I, I feel like that is kind of what has to happen because I feel like that's who Hannah is. is she's devoted herself to the Wingraves and to these kids and she loves them. Yeah. And she's been very protective of those kids. And I feel like now that we know this or that she knows this, it's going to change and it's going to somehow play a part in hopefully breaking whatever link uh, or whatever hold or possession that, that Peter has over miles. Yeah. Wow. Interested to see what goes on next. Yeah. Again, it's just one of those questions like I'm sure we'll figure out, but yeah. What implications does this have going forward? more to come we're halfway through halfway yeah it's through. crazy it is crazy <laughs> i know people are like i wish you were done already damn it stop doing week by week <laughs> but no i know yeah i know i'm jumping the gun a little bit talking about listener feedback but uh i mean hey anybody listening <laughs> listeners out there if you have other theories or thoughts about what this cycle is and what it means and i I'm excited just to hear what people might have to say about this. Mm-hmm. Not just the feedback in this episode, but even like next week after everybody's listened to us break it down, they might have different thoughts or ways to add to that. Spoiler free, please. Yes, please. If you have watched ahead <laughs> and you know how it ends, or even if you're a couple of episodes ahead and you know, at least try to be spoiler free about it, please. I would yeah. really prefer not to be spoiled if possible. Yeah. I'm certainly so Maybe that's enjoying. more of a call to action to those who are actually are going week to week with yes. us that might have yeah. different thoughts. Well, my number one, we've, we've talked a little bit about it, but I just wanted to kind of, again, talk a little bit about, and maybe the appreciation of, of how they were able to kind of intertwine the theme of the mousetrap mm-hmm. in this episode. And how it kind of comes down to at the end here that we see like Bly is a mousetrap and how it has over time done a really great job of ensnaring people. Yeah. Um, And especially over this like year in time that we see play out, we've got Peter Quint who, again, who just spends all of his time kind of raging about the financial and social gap between himself and the Wingrave family Um, and out of all of this, he gets like this, I'll say in quotes, kind of like this reward or payoff because he's able to possess the young heir Mm -hmm. to win to the wind graves isn't, and that's miles. So not only like, you know, he, he now gets to like keep tormenting. He gets to, to do this. Um, so he's ensnared and caught in this mousetrap and unable to leave, uh, Rebecca Jessel. Uh, who is also trapped here, you know, was kind of seemed like this dead end job that she kind of took here at Blind Manor being, you know, an au pair to the, to the kids thinking that it was going to be a way for her to get to work towards the life that she really wanted. She's trapped. And then of course, Hannah, who, like I mentioned, so devoted herself 
to protecting the Wingraves in their property during her lifetime, um, finds out that even though she's dead, that obligation hasn't ended. And it just really, I feel like this was a great story of what we, I, I feel like people try to get this story right and it doesn't always play as well as what it did in this episode as a ghost having unfinished business. Mm -hmm. I think it comes across way better uh, here than what I've ever seen it. But, you know, I was just also just now while I was talking about that, thinking about Peter possessing Miles and kind of going back to that episode. Was it episode two or three, the pupil where we get Miles at at school? Mm -hmm. So Peter died uh, some time ago and it looks like I'm willing to bet that it was through maybe some of his behavior because he is at least from an outside perspective, if you didn't know that he was being possessed by a ghost and being made to do these things, he's just being a little asshole, you know, basically by, you know, not listening. He's very undisciplined. He doesn't listen to Hannah. He's torturing Jamie, nearly knocking her off a ladder. Seems like that's the thing that got sent him to boarding school. Would you say that that's correct? Because we don't really understand why he got sent away to school. Well, Um, I don't know. I think that may have just been a thing that he was already, because I I think with these, and I may be wrong, I'm not (laughs) the cultural expert on this stuff, but I feel like a lot of these higher class, like English families and stuff is like boarding school is kind of a default anyway. You're right. Just what he was already doing. You're right. But I am curious if that Mm -hmm. at all played a part. Um, But also it seems because right away, as soon as Peter died, he was being possessed by Peter. Yeah. And it seems like Pete or Miles seems to start to have an understanding of that based on what we saw in the people when they're having these conversations about possession and do you have to have like, do they need your, you know, permission to possess you? You know, we're having all these conversations and that's definitely something I think that piqued our interest. Like what is going on here is, you know, is that what he's talking about? And I think makes it very clear. (laughs) So my own little you know, thing kind of popped into my head. Oh, good. Well, and it seems like Peter can't possess Miles if Miles is not at Bly Manor. Yeah. So I'm thinking, is he free of Peter, but then kind of sacrifices having that freedom and maybe some normalcy from being away from Bly and not being possessed by Miles and having probably all these moments. That's going to be kind of difficult if Miles is having all of these moments of not really understanding what's going on with him if he's feeling like he's kind of in a dream and maybe he's out walking around as Peter's possessing him and he ends up on a different part of the property and he wakes up and kind of like, how did I get here? That doesn't sound very fun, but to know that he's probably experiencing a little bit of freedom from that, but then because his sister asks him to come home, he goes back to that and kind of almost gives himself over to be put in that position again, to be possessed by Peter because his sister is asking him to, for whatever reason to come home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who knows? I just, it, not necessarily a theory, but he was just a thought then. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about it before until you just said that about, you know, miles, maybe questioning things are starting to put some pieces together mm-hmm. to where maybe what's going to save miles or get rid of Peter might have to be Miles himself. 
are we going to get a point, at, you know, near the end of the season or something where Miles basically has to like exercise Peter from himself through whatever means that could be. Maybe, maybe. And we know that Miles kind of looked up to Peter, mm-hmm. you know, when he was alive, you know, he looked up to him and probably, you know, especially after losing his dad and not having the father figure in his life. And then, uh, whatever it was that happened with their uncle Henry and he's not around, he's not in their lives. He doesn't have him. He's got Owen and that's good. Owen's a good yeah. guy. Um, but definitely, you know, I think having Peter around also kind of, you know, was someone that he admired as well. And he, he clearly, he listened to him when, you when he takes his advice about the keys, yeah. you know, and finding a person's keys, he, he, he hears him and he, he, takes his advice so he really looked up to him so you know maybe that is part of what allowed peter to kind of if you want to say if miles was able to give his permission so to speak i mean it looks like it happened just very suddenly that you know when peter touches his shoulder and all of a sudden it's like peter coming through miles you know like let me go you bitch you know as he's screaming at the coast and (laughs) And then when they have that realization, you know, it was very well done. Like after that happens and plays out and then, you know, Flora and Hannah are just staring at Miles like, and what the hell just happened? And, you know, and then you see Peter and Miles sitting there side by side and they're both just kind of staring at their hands and they're both like mimicking each other, making the same movements. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really which, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Which if you didn't know by then what was <laughs> happening, that should have made it very clear right there in that moment too. Um so just just a lot, a lot happening and interesting to see how it's all tied together and those pieces mm-hmm. are, are fitting together so nicely. Um, I love it. But yet we've also, I feel like, answered some questions and checked off some boxes, but also yeah. opened up a whole new Pandora's box of <laughs> <laughs> new stuff oh, yeah. as well. <laughs> wow. Good, good stuff. Do you have some notes? Um, the only other note that I had was I got to have my Owen puns yeah so he's just what are you stewing on that was (laughs) i had to put it in my notes somewhere because i'm like anytime owen's coming with the puns i'm there to 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 mark it down we'd miss them if you didn't (laughs) yeah i love owen he can't be dead can't be Mm. dead can't be dead can't be dead and he can't die at the end oh man i'll be very upset yeah (laughs) Um, couple of notes. I feel like this episode needed a trigger warning for sure. Like Mm -hmm. a a high emotional trigger warning or something. Maybe we should just realize from now on, if Mike Flanagan puts out any other series, if they continue with, you know, this theme of the haunting series, Hill House, Bly Manor. And if he does another one, um, look out for episode five. Episode five is going to be the one. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to say from now on, uh, that's going to be my warning. Look out for number five. Uh, cause it's, it's gonna, it's gonna get you. Uh, did you pick up at all or notice that somewhere, and I can't remember like the minute mark or anything like that, but there's a, a moment when Hannah's neck like yes. bends or breaks and you're just and it snaps to another scene and you're just like, wait, what the fuck was that? And then mm-hmm. you learn later what the hell that meant that they're yeah laying it all out here for you. People mm-hmm. just got to figure it out. Um, when Charlotte says you can stay here if you like forever, if you need to, which is indeed what she ends up doing. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's what Charlotte meant, but uh. I don't think it's what Charlotte meant, but it's what happened. 
um, she does stay forever. When Hannah asks Miles when she catches him smoking, she says, uh, do you want to die a horrible choking death? Oh my she God. Says I did this. not even make that connection till right now. Wow. Uh huh. So he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's in that moment possessed by Peter, right? Yeah. Peter's smoking. He's got the lighter and he's giving, you know, sarcastic remarks back and, and talking back to her as we know Peter does. So he's being possessed by Peter in that moment. And she's like, do you want to die a horribly choke, uh, a horrible choking death who, to Peter who did die a horrible choking death. Wow. And it totally and that actually, that makes, makes sense. His response make a little bit more sense to me. He's going, honestly, Hannah, honestly, because yeah. I think at that point, Peter's maybe thinking she purposely was, that was a dig on him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he, 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 he can't quite, he thinks that she should know like, mm-hmm. this isn't miles. This is me. And he finally yeah. spells it out for her there at the end before he pushes her down the well. But yeah, it definitely explains his re it, it took me a moment too to, wow, to kind yeah. of think about that too. Um it, it yeah, I didn't get it right away, but I was like, that totally explains his reaction. And yeah. Wow. Nice catch. <laughs> I'm telling you, they don't put those things there by accident. <laughs> it it it's it's all laid out for you. You just have to we just gotta put it all together. And Sometimes I'm a little slow at that. Um, Rebecca in this episode, when she's, I don't know if it was in any other scene in this episode, but in the chapel, when she's talking to Hannah, she's wearing the butterfly clip okay. in her hair yeah. that later uh, was given to Danny. So that kind of comes, comes back a little bit. Um, and this isn't exactly uh, news or anything like that. Um, and not really one of my notes, but I did read something that, um, Tania said that she did not realize that she was caught just by surprise like we were as to where this episode turned out. She said she didn't realize that it was coming. And they kept saying to her, hey, have you read episode five? <laughs> and she's <laughs> like, no, because I was filming something else. And I like, to, I like to read everything in one go. And when I got to episode episode five, I was like, shut the front door. What? <laughs> this is new. I've never done anything like this before. This is brilliant. So she didn't know either and was, I think, thrilled um, and pleased to, to play this. And she knocked it out of the park. Absolutely. So this good. is kind of like the actor who plays Owen, who's Raul something. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, Tania Miller. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. This is my first thing that i've seen her in i think and she's i read a little bit i don't have it in front of me but feel free everyone's got imdb or wiki Mm -hmm. uh she she's got some good cred you know she's been in some things not a lot of things that i've seen i i didn't know her from anything other than this but when you read like oh she's been in some things she's been out there she's a working actress and she's yeah you know well known and so i thought this is i can't speak for her other work but holy crap she she's, knocked this out just like yeah the other kid with uh with owen's actor like she's on my radar now for sure absolutely i'm definitely incredible. gonna seek her out and and look at her other works and d- definitely look for her in the future she was absolutely amazing um in this i mean she's i think been great up till then too but she, you know this was definitely a, an episode that was centric and revolved around her and she had to carry not really carry it like no one did their part but yeah definitely focused on her a lot where she had to really put her work in for the day and it was fantastic. Oh yeah. Awesome. 
Anything else that you want to say before we move That's on? That's it. All right. It. Well, we did have our share of hidden ghosts. Um, not as many. There have been some episodes that have had many, many, many. Um, not as many as some, but we do have a couple. So let's jump into the hidden ghosts in this episode. So the first one in this episode starting at 9 minutes and 29 seconds Hannah is coming out of the front doors of Bly Manor, and you see the cars in the driveway and the chapel in the back. There's a figure in the doorway of the church or chapel, whatever you want to call it. It's kind of hard to see. You might need to lighten your screen a little bit, but there is in the distance a figure in the doorway. That's at 9 minutes, 29 seconds. Um, At 10 minutes and 34 seconds, there is a figure on the right side of the stairs. Um, again, because so much of this is in the dark, if you lighten things up a little bit, you'll be able to catch it again. Everything's a little blurry, but there is a figure there. And then also in the same shot is the child in, uh, on the chair in the center of the stairs. So, you know, you've got the two staircases on the side, you've got that middle, like little seating area between, um, there's a child, that child likes that little chair area <laughs> over there. I don't like it, but they do. Um, (laughs) Again, at the 12 minute, eight seconds, a figure again in the doorway of the church. This is when Hannah and Charlotte um, are in the dark. This is when Hannah had just had another, we didn't talk about this moment, but when she was out, when she walked out of Bly Manor and she just started kind of wailing in the driveway in agony. Oh my God. That, that moment was an agonizing moment, but, it was just right after this and Charlotte comes up walking to her. Um, and so you see the chapel in the back. There is another, again, a figure in the doorway of the church. Wouldn't it be weird to think this just occurred to me. What if it was like Hannah? Oh man. (laughs) In the back, because she keeps like looping Mm -hmm. and going through different parts of time in this episode and how she kind of keeps running into, I don't know. It would just, it's probably completely wrong, but it just seems kind of weird now that we've seen this episode and how time kind of plays some weird tricks and how she's moving through different parts of time and it's not a chronological order. Wouldn't it be weird if that was Hannah standing back in the back of the church? That would be really interesting. Ugh. I'm probably <laughs> wrong, but just something that was like, oh, that would be interesting. Um, so yeah, that is at 12 minutes and eight seconds. You can see that figure again, kind of dark, but if you lighten up, you can see it. The next one that we have is at 30 minutes and 45 seconds. Uh, There is a child next to the cabinets. Uh, This is when Hannah is sitting in the kitchen in the chair. Mm -hmm. She's kind of oddly placed in the kitchen. This is when she's talking to, I believe it was Owen, when she's talking, they're having that conversation about the the, uh, trap. And I remember noticing like, why? It's almost like she's sitting in the middle of the room. Like she's, you know, not sitting quite at the table, but she's almost kind of in the middle of the of the room. But anyway, it pans back. And I remember looking at this before. I did catch this one as I was watching it. I, I this is the only you know, one I think I actually caught. Yeah, yeah. So. so in one shot, it's not there. You don't see anything. But then in the next moment, then you do. And you see it, mm-hmm. to me, quite clearly. Yeah. Like, this one is kind of hard to miss. Um, it's pretty close to Hannah. And I'm, I remember looking at Owen going, why are you looking at Hannah? Why aren't you looking at that thing in the freaking corner over there? Yeah. The cabinets? It is right there. 
<laughs> like looking at you. <laughs> I just wanted to like scream and I'm like, why aren't you looking at that? That's what you should be looking at. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 30 minutes, 45 seconds. And that's it. That's the nice. last one. Not a whole lot in here. Um, then we had the not so hidden ghosts. Um, Rebecca at the pond at 21 minutes and 20 seconds. Um, Lake lady, lady of the lake, whatever you want to call her at 39 minutes and 34 seconds. She's pretty hard to miss. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty hard to miss. Um, And then Rebecca scaring Hannah at 43 minutes and 55 seconds. Um, 46 minutes and 35 seconds. We get Peter with miles by the well that's when hannah's just kind of at the end when hannah you know kind of comes around and and sees them there standing by the well and that's it those are the not so hidden ghosts in that episode that's all that we've got for this one this one was kind of light but you know i think that's appropriate considering the content and the depth that maybe we didn't need as many in this one you know so all right so that then leaves us with our listener feedback. I can't wait to get into listener yeah. feedback. We've gotten some great theories, uh, and and sometimes these responses and feedback uh, leave me quite shook. So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and jump Still into the first one. Us. Yeah, I can't wait to see what kind of theories and thoughts that we get this week. The first one, um, just a quick one from our good friend, Laura Willie Swink. She says that she emailed feedback, which we will get to here in just a moment, but she wants to first say, Owen's interview mustache is simply epic. <laughs> this was the watershed episode for sure. Yeah, I agree. It was the waterworks for me, Laura. Uh, she says, Hannah and Owen's relationship gave me some very remains of the day feels. Mm. Paris. <laughs> yeah. All right. Lindsay Schlicht says, wow, what a fantastic and confusing episode. I loved it. This one stuck with me for days afterwards. I've kind of been assuming Hannah was a ghost this whole time. Glad to finally have that confirmed. The time jumping was so well done, just as jarring for the viewer as it must be for her. Best I can guess, based on her conversation with Rebecca, it seems they are being thrown around in their memories or dreams. The scenes with Owen were so unnerving, but also interesting. I can't wait for the reveal on what's up with him. He seems to be aware Hannah is a ghost, but is not one himself. He's aware of the time jumps, but is playing along. Is he some kind of psychic communicating with the ghosts? I'll cut in. I think I think this is more just Hannah's own mind. I I agree. I think it's more Hannah's playing. yeah subconscious. If ghosts can have a subconscious, yeah, I don't I know. Guess. That's I I just think it's some version of Hannah's self that she's yeah. trying to get her to wake up. Yeah. But she goes on saying, yeah, his fast personality shifts when he was almost yelling at Hannah were so disturbing to me. Do you guys think Jamie knows who Miles is? She certainly seemed over angry about the flowers a few episodes ago, and her interaction with him at the ladder was way out of proportion if she really just thinks he's a kid. Hmm. Hmm. She says, the whole end scene with Peter and Lake Lady was scary as shit. Is that the mom? There's a physical similarity to them, and she seems to leave the kids alone. Or maybe it's Kate Siegel. I know she was cast, but we still haven't seen her yet, at least not that we know of. Sorry for the long-ass post. So much to discuss in this episode. Never apologize for the long-ass oh, yeah, post, never. Lindsay. We like them. <laughs> we like them. We could like oh, them. Man. She does um, bring up some good... I don't think it's Charlotte, because Flora has said that she's looked on the property and her parents aren't there. Yeah, she said her parents are not there. 
but we can pretend if it makes you feel better. Yeah. <laughs> but Kate Siegel, does. I like. Maybe that will be Kate Siegel's role is finding out what happened to the Lady of the Lake before she became a Lady of the Lake. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Good thoughts there. And I don't know if Jamie knows who Miles really is. Um, I know that Danny had to really kind of like, hey, chill out. He's a kid, you know, yeah. when she got super pissed about when he picked those flowers for her and just, just totally destroyed her flower bed there. Um, so I don't know if she, <laughs> you know, just maybe suspects or is just <laughs> thinking he's just being a brat. I, I don't know. She seems to like having the kids around. So I don't think it's like, well, she just doesn't like kids. She seems yeah. to have a pretty good relationship with the kids. But when Miles misbehaves, yeah, she definitely goes off on him. And it did seem kind of extreme. I mean, it wasn't cool by any means that mm -hmm. he was like jerking that ladder around and almost made her fall. That's not cool at all by any means. But when she's like, you know, I'll take you out, you know, and like, I'm in you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's yeah. pretty extreme to say to a 10 year old, <laughs> Yeah, you know? So I don't know. Maybe she does have a little bit of feeling that, you know, or maybe she just feels he's getting away with too much that it's no mm -hmm. excuse of what they've been through with their, cause she kind of tells Hannah a little bit, like you let them get away with too much. Um, next one we have is from our good friend Jamie Dimmick. She says, I'd been having trouble not binging and going week to week with you until this episode. Damn, I need to sit with this for a while. We all assumed Hannah was a ghost, but I did not see her death coming that way. No wonder she can't figure out what's going on. And yeah, no wonder the kids are protecting Danny from the Lady in Lake. Terrifying. So this has been bugging me from the first episode. I haven't totally fleshed out a theory yet, but I think there's something to the fact that Danny walked into the property instead of was driven. I don't know why, but I feel it's important. Hmm. That's interesting. I thought that if, and I don't know that this is where Jamie is leading at all, but the thought that I had was when we get there at the end and realize that that's, you know, just moments before Danny shows up, uh, that that's when Hannah had lost her life, that it, it had to take her some time, right? Wherever it was that Owen dropped her off to when she asked to walk, yeah. that it, instead, if she had just let her drive onto the property instead of walking, could she have stopped or prevented Hannah from going out there and finding Peter with Miles and then ending up dead? Could it have Possibly. prevented her death? All right. Don Elizabeth says, oh, my God, I think this was the best episode so far, even though I kept saying what the hell is going on through most of it. Poor Hannah. I sobbed at the end. I feel like I need to go back and watch the previous episodes just to watch her. I think she's been traveling around in time in her head, whatever it is she's doing the entire show. Whenever we come upon her in the chapel, she always looks a bit startled. I've thought it was just that being startled by someone coming in and surprising her. But now I think she may have had that reaction every time we see her. And Owen, was he just a memory in her thoughts in this episode, or does he have something to do with all the strangeness? So many questions. We can't count on the past. Huh? Who is Sam? Has he ever been mentioned before? I think all of Hannah's wonderful outfits had a lot to do with whatever was going on, as a way to track her moving around. Okay, well, let me just add that it was great to see what happened to Peter, and how it is how it was he possesses Miles. But then again, who is the lady in the lake? Not Rebecca, I guess. 
Is she the name? Is she the name we saw on the graveyard and on the chapel stones? Oh, and while I looked very hard for hidden ghosts, the only one I saw was in the kitchen with Hannah and Owen after Rebecca and Peter left, in that space between the wall and the counter. Can't wait to hear your podcast now. Yeah, good eyes. There, were, there was a few others, but yeah, that that one was hard to miss. Um, <laughs> yes, I think um, I'm very much on that because I think I mentioned that last week, even where it you could did be that name that we saw. Which I'm going to jump back to my notes from last week. Viola Lloyd was the name that was on there. Okay. Yeah. I told you, you got, you got to write that down and make me remember yeah. that because it's, <laughs> I feel like it's going to be important. And I have a good feeling that's probably who it is. Mm-hmm. I think so. All right. Um, so now we'll move on to some emails. Uh, that we got so first one uh, says damn you mike flanagan for making me cry i was very excited this week to get the backstory of miss hannah gross the actress portraying her uh, tania miller just blew this one out of the water this episode was very reminiscent of castle rock season one and sissy spacex character without going into spoilers with the erratic scene cuts and ambiguous timelines perfectly depicting the confusion in hannah's mind damn that is right that was that was another powerful episode in this vein. Yeah, it's a very powerful episode, wasn't it? Wasn't it called the Queen or something like that? I think so because she had the little, I think so. which I don't know. I don't want to spoil Castle Rock for people that haven't gone back and mm-hmm. watched it. But yeah, the chess pieces was kind right. Of her the chess thing, pieces, so. right? Yeah. yeah, very good callback and and very beautiful episode and very well done. So good, good point out there. Um, So she goes on, she says, um, is she in the present or the past, this world or the next? I guess we find out, and the answer is absolutely heartbreaking. We get some explanation as to why Rebecca would make excuses for Peter and take him back. Even though she's too smart to fall for his duplicitous BS, even smart women can fall prey to a guy like Peter. Hannah's description of the glue trap is so very accurate, um, as that's how manipulative and abusive relationships start. Not only is there an abusive relationship between Rebecca and Peter, but also with Bly Manor and all its inhabitants. The beautiful pastoral manor seems idyllic, but is slowly trapping its souls in its stone walls. Mm. And that's from Laura. Thank nice. you, Laura. Yeah. I've always got great things to say. Great callback to Castle Rock season one. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I was stuck on episode five of Hill House, but yeah, that one was, it's been a while, but mm-hmm. Yeah, I recommend season one of Castle Rock. I know that wasn't everyone's favorite, but um, it's worth it for that episode alone. Yeah. <laughs> if you like nothing else. <laughs> anyway, thanks, Laura. Yeah. All right. There's one more email, and it comes from our friend Marty. It says, Rima and Paik, I just wanted to send along greetings and appreciation for your podcast. I'm also trying the weekly only approach to watching the shows. Just an observation that I have not heard brought up. Any possibility of the fact that Hannah's eyes are closed while all the other characters are open during the opening credits represent another clue that she's dead? I hope to watch episode five this weekend. Maybe I will get my answer. Thanks again for your efforts in finding the hidden ghosts. My track record in finding the ghosts is really lousy. <laughs> so, sounds like Marty hadn't seen this episode yet. Yeah, he must have seen this um, before, yeah. Yeah, so Marty, uh, let us know. <laughs> what your thoughts are on this um and thanks thanks for listening I, I appreciate your nice thoughts and and another weekly watcher thanks for joining yeah, us in that yeah i know it's not easy guys i never said this was going to be easy but that's where we are 
Okay, we've got a couple of voicemails, or sorry, voice messages. I don't know why I keep saying voicemails, um, because they are voice messages emailed to us, which you can do the same. Uh, first one that we have is from our good friend, Greg. Hey, Rima. Hey, Rima. Hey, Pake. This is Greg. Uh, all right, so we finally got some of Hannah's backstory. Uh, and I will tell you that uh, if I was experiencing everything at the same time, no wonder she is uh, just all spaced out and confused all the damn time. I, I, I feel like she, is, like, is this how ghosts experience things? I don't think so, because that doesn't seem to be what uh, Peter Quint's doing. He seems to have kind of a, a uh, like, a mission in mind and a linear uh, adventure or possession or whatever the case is but Hannah just seems literally confused all the time and I don't know if she actually when you know when we get to the point of like the fire where you watch the fire three or four times with Owen and Jamie and Owen leaving I don't know if she actually like knows that she's dead at that point because the end of the story was the beginning of Danny getting to the... So, I don't know what the hell's going on. But uh, <laughs> that shit was creepy as all get out. And uh, I didn't see any, uh, you know, like, quote-unquote, hidden ghosts. But I didn't need to, because this one was creepy all by itself. Don't need no ghost. So, all right, look forward to the podcast. Bye. <laughs> it's awesome, Greg. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it was creepy all on its own with the ghosts that we saw, but there was a few hidden ones in there. Yeah. All right. Next one that we have is from our good friend, Daphne. Hi, Pake and Rima. This is Daphne sending in feedback for episode five, The Altar of the Dead. Well, this episode took me down a horror movie trail, and I actually liked the way that the time was bouncing around. My final verdict on Peter Quinn is that he is a vile human being. I do not like him. I am so gutted that Hannah is actually dead. I was shipping her and Owen above all else, and now it looks like they won't get the happy ending that I really wanted for them. I guess we'll see. Ooh, the lady in the lake. She is giving me such Samara of the <laughs> Ring vibes. I hope that we learn more about her soon. Knowing how dastardly Peter Quinn is, I didn't shed any tears when she dragged him away. It was equally satisfying and terrifying to witness. My takeaways from this episode are that many things we learned and the additional questions that were raised by these revelations. Knowing now that Hannah is a ghost as she was pushed into the well when Quint possessed Miles made me think if Peter is possessing Miles, could Rebecca or someone else be doing the same to Flora. It definitely answers Miles' creepy behavior. If this is the case, Danny has her work cut out for her if she truly wants to save Miles and Flora. Looking forward to your thoughts as we're now halfway through the season. Thanks. Like it. Thank you, Daphne. I'm sad that we're halfway through. I know. It's like, I want all the answers and I want to know everything. I want to see how it ends, but I also don't want it to end. <laughs> I don't want it to be over. I'm going to be, I think, really sad like I was with Hill House whenever it was mm -hmm. over. Thank you, Daphne. All right. So the last one that we have is from our good friend, Steve Brown. 
Hey, Remy and Paik, this is for uh, episode five of uh, Haunting of Bly Manor, uh, The Altar of the Dead. Um, rewatching it, this is the first time I've ever done, watched it a second time before sending in a voicemail. I haven't actually finished it yet, but I, I wanted, there was a thought that came into my head that I wanted to get out as uh, kind of kind of a top three or top whatever uh, for me is just this whole, the similarities between this episode and an episode of Haunting of Hill House that I don't want to spoil for anybody, but that's kind of, you see the same kind of thing happening with the character of Hannah, that she's having this realization of what she is all of a sudden and what's going on with her as she's bouncing in and out of these memories. So, um, okay. And that ending is just heart heartbreaking. Um, knowing that ghost Hannah really wanted to go with Owen. Um, gosh, just broke your heart. But, uh, you know, the, the number one thing, and I'm sure you guys are going to talk about all of these, um, during your, your podcast is just the fact that we got so many answers to the questions that we had, but we do have more questions now. So we, we know for sure that Peter Quint was killed by one of the ghosts. We know that Hannah was then killed by a possessed by Peter Quint Miles and pushed into the well. Um, what we don't know is why is... Hannah, when when she sees in her memory, she sees the Lady of the Lake drag Peter's corpse into the, the 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 lake. She turns around and she sees a dead Rebecca. So that's the big question: is did did Peter do something to Rebecca um, in that in between time when he left and, and walked away, or when the I don't know. It's it's confusing. So um, hopefully you guys can figure it out. I may go ahead and watch episode six right now because I've sent my voicemail for episode mm-hmm. five. You know. All right. Talk to you later. Awesome. Thank you, Steve. I just had another thought or theory pop into my head, but I almost don't want to say it because if okay. it does happen, it would be so spoilery. Like I, would, it would ruin a surprise of something if it does happen. So okay. Maybe I could say it, but just be forewarned. Maybe skip ahead just a little bit if you don't want me, my thought. <laughs> um, okay. But but I, I thought about, you know, you said, did, you know, Peter do something to Rebecca? Maybe not in that time, but, you know, we were, we were questioning, well, what would have happened to Rebecca because we found her body? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we know at this point Peter is possessing Miles and we know he's prone to violent actions. Mm-hmm. So Rebecca's at this point where she thinks he just took off and left without her. Who would put it past her to say some quite, you know, choice words about Peter Quint venting oh. to the kids? And maybe Peter in Miles is listening to her trash talk him and running his name and reputation and everything he had built for her through the mud. And maybe he snaps and kills her himself. I mean, Wow we're going to keep going down this dark path. You know, I yeah, didn't think it could add another death to <laughs> chalk another one up for miles while he's possessed, not knowing what he's doing. Yeah. No kidding. I, I, I was completely blown away by that when we got that and our listener feedback in the email and then it actually played out and I thought played out very well. Um, if, and I thought, Oh shit, that's dark. That will also be very dark. Yeah. Uh, I'm on board with it. I don't know. It's really interesting that, I mean, we've seen how, 
like you said, how he's prone to violence when he, when Peter's possessing Miles, you know, where he's like choking Danny. Um, He's Mm -hmm. killed Hannah. He has, you know, messed with Jamie as far as like maybe, you know, was he messing with her? Was he hoping she'd fall? I think, I think he was kind of fucking with her, but if she'd had fallen off, I don't think he'd feel sorry about it or Mm -hmm. feel bad about it at all. If she had fallen and hurt herself, I don't think she would have died. She wasn't that up high, but you know, she could have very easily broken something or really hurt herself falling from that height. And we've seen how violent he did get towards Rebecca. He was very uh, emotionally abusive, or sorry, maybe not emotionally, ver- verbally, I'm sorry, that's what I was looking for, yeah. verbally abusive towards her and just being, you know, demonstrating his narcissistic behavior towards her, but how he was really abusive towards her, um, you know, the the filthy things that he was saying to her about when she was, when they were all in the kitchen and talking about, you know, things that she'd stick in her mouth or, you know, about yeah. Owen's batter and things like that, you know. That was disgusting. So he's clearly got a temper. Uh, and he is, he carries it out because he killed Hannah. He was very hateful towards Hannah yeah. and that had built up and he released his rage and he killed her. Could he do that yeah. to Rebecca? I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Like I said, it just doesn't, it was kind of like when Hannah said before, you know, that it just seemed so out of character for you know, that for Hannah or for Rebecca to do something like that, that, you know, she was such a strong person and so smart and she was all these things, but a man like Peter Quint took her down. Well, maybe it literally quite take her, (laughs) like maybe he literally did take her down. Maybe it wasn't like Mm -hmm. through suicide, you know, but by other means. So. Hmm. Food. And now after we've seen what, what he did to Hannah, I'm not going to put anything like that past. (sighs) what he'll do. I know. I I didn't think that he'd quite have that in him. Like, yeah, he's a total piece of shit for sure. Wow. That was really great feedback. I love hearing everyone's thoughts, um, predictions, theories. Um, so keep them coming guys. I love seeing your dedication, uh, week to week, uh, sending us, um, your feedback. So appreciate that everyone. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So next week we'll be covering episode six of the haunting of Bly Manor titled the jolly corner. Oh, good. Thank God we get jolliness this time. (laughs) You know, it's kind of like when they were throwing out the great good place. Yeah. I I feel like there's not going to be anything jolly about this episode, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Sure? We'll see. Not just going to be like a jolly, I think, Christmas. It's just going to be like a Christmas like clip show where they're all sitting around the fire, drinking hot chocolate, just joking and telling fun stories. And that's the whole, that's it. We don't have to deal with any sadness. <laughs> if only. I don't think Mike Flanagan's going to let us out that easy. No. <laughs> He's not very good at that. He's going to keep us in this bleak state of mind that we're that we're into right now i think so yeah looking forward to that episode six we're turning the corner of being halfway through Uh, i'm kind of sad there's what nine episodes I think so, yeah. Well, we are excited for you to follow us to Bly Manor, but until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Strange TCast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. 
And you can email us at strangerthingscastpod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. Be sure to um, email us those voice messages if you want to have your voice heard. We love hearing everyone's um, amazing voices, and that's how you can do it. Just record yourself on your on your app. There's a, an app for that, as they say. And mm-hmm. then just send it to us an email. Um, you can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com and go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. So lots of fun things happening on Podcastica. Um, yeah. On House Podcastica, Jason, Chris, and Rich, who did guest with us uh, on an episode. Yeah. <laughs> that was super awesome. So they are, yeah, they're covering The Mandalorian Season 2 that premiered last week on Disney Plus. And wow, oh, man. that first episode, you've seen it, right? Pick that first oh, episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love wow. it. Wow. Definitely check out their coverage. Those guys have so much fun, and it's always fun to hear them talk about it. They have great knowledge of Star the Star Wars universe. They have different perspectives, and it's really great hearing them. So I, I highly encourage, if you love The Mandalorian and want to get more out of that, um, that is a great companion piece. Yes. So be sure to check them out on House Podcastica. And speaking of great podcasts, you can check out Pake and his other podcast called Run for Your Lives, where you guys are covering monster movies, creature features, disaster films, and you can find them anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcasts and mm-hmm. at runforyourlivespodcast.com. Uh, What's up this week? Well, the episode that's been out for the past week was our Halloween special where we covered Halloween 2018. Yay. But then the newest episode that will be up this weekend is a very special one <laughs> that I teased a little while back. It will be Jaws featuring our very own Rima Joe here. Hey, that was so much <laughs> fun. Great fun. It it's Jaws is definitely one of my all-time favorites since I was a kid and I can't talk about it enough. So I hope everyone checks that one out. Uh, we, we had an absolute blast geeking out about everything about Jaws. Fun, fun movie facts and trivia thrown in there as well. And just a, a great all-around discussion about the movie. Um, yes. If you want to geek out with us, um, I encourage you to listen to that one. So thanks, Pete. Sure. Uh-huh. All right. Well, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Paige. And Jamie Dimmick is strange indeed.